1985, God had me do a project which was the first step to many other projects that would take several years. And I had no idea that each of these projects would provide for my living at the age of 80 to 85 years old. I began the project when I was approximately 45 without having any idea of the consequences that would happen as a result of the project. But basically, God provided for my old age through these projects that I was led to do. This is the story of that situation and how I didn't have any idea of the consequences that would happen when I became 81. I was approximately 45 at the time these projects started. My father died in 1982. At that time, I was living in Dallas, Texas. My mother and father lived in Clovis, New Mexico, USA. That's about 400 miles from Dallas. My life in Dallas was very exciting when it began in 1960. That was before I was born again. I was born again in 1975. God put me on radio in 1980. But by the time 1982 to 4 came, my life in Dallas had sort of gone dead. It was so exciting at first. I had pretty much seen all the things that interest me and all I was doing was living in my apartment, going to the grocery store, and occasionally going to a shopping center. The life was dead for me by 1984. And my own father had died in 82, leaving my mother alone. I'm an only child. My mother never worked out in public. She lived very modestly, and she really didn't seem to have much desire to have things. She lived on a lot which we owned and was a four-lot trailer park. She had a trailer which she and my dad lived in on that lot. My dad sold our house, which was across the street, and his auto mechanic garage, which was next to the house. He left my mother $50,000. I was, by that time, in the ministry on radio, very involved. My mother said, what do you want to do with the money? I said, oh, I don't care what you do with it. Do what you want to with it. I didn't take any of it. The banker 
who took care of our business, said she knew me by the fact I didn't care about the money. Most people just grab at the money and consume it on themselves. And I told her, do what you want with it. I don't want any of it. Do what you want with it. And I didn't pay any attention to it. My mother, who was terribly conservative, put the money into a CD at the bank, and it just sat there until 1984 and 5. So now we pick up this story with 1984. My life in Dallas has ended, and I'm planning to move to Clovis, New Mexico, USA, to help my mother. My dad died two years prior to this. I knew she would need help. My mother and I had never been close, ever. We had basically fought each other all my life. What a situation to go into. And yet I felt it was the right thing for me to do. I could live anywhere and do the work of God that he had given me, which was primarily radio, although I was actually a writer. Where would I live? My mother lived in a trailer house on the lot which we owned. I went to buy a trailer house, at least to look at them, and I was so uncomfortable in the trailer house. It just didn't feel right walking through it, even though my mother lived in a trailer. I did not want to do that, so I didn't do it. But what would I do? I went to Clovis, and my dad's best friend told me about a contractor that he was friends with house builder. I met with Jake and he said, well, I think I can build two apartments on that lot for $45,000 each apartment. I had the money now to build and pay in cash. So Jake started building in 1984 the two apartments on that trailer house lot where we had four spaces. We had the people move from the spaces and he started construction even before I got to Clovis. So 1984, he's building two apartments on the lot which belonged to my dad. At first, we were going to put my mother's trailer house between the two apartments. And she wanted to continue living in her trailer house. My secretary was moving from Dallas with me. She would live in one apartment. I would live in the other apartment. My mother would live in a trailer house between the two apartments. There was just one major problem. The neighborhood was very noisy. Dirt bikes, motorcycle races. It was very noisy. 
I was unhappy living there. I'd spent all available money on the two apartments. But the one thing I could do is to buy a lot. And if I got the money, I could build on it. And I found a lot on the golf course, three miles north of town, that they were developing, an 18-hole golf course. The lot cost me 17800 something like that. I could pay cash for the lot. Later, if I couldn't get the money together to build on the lot, I felt certain I could sell the lot, probably, and make a profit, although I've never really followed after money. But I felt it was very secure to buy the lot. I continued to live in a neighborhood I didn't like. Five years down the road, 1990, I had accumulated the money to build if I sold the two apartments. I could build on that golf course lot for 100000 and my mother could move into the same house where I lived. That was 1990. So I began to build a second property in Clovis. I put the apartments up for sale. One of them sold immediately for $50,000. The other one did not sell, but I rented it. At the end of 10 years, when I, after I moved from Clovis, it had accumulated $40,000 in cash. I can't remember exactly how I paid for the remainder of the house, but I paid cash. There was no mortgage. My mother and I moved into the house. She died in 2002. I put the house up for sale immediately. One of my relatives said, it's really not a good idea to do that. Somebody's always trying to talk me out of what I feel I'm being led, I believe, by God to do. He said something like, you shouldn't sell your house immediately after a death because you might be making a wrong decision. But I knew I wasn't making a wrong decision. I didn't want to live in Clovis. I had never wanted to live in Clovis. I wanted to leave. I was planning on building a house at a little place called Canyon. But all of a sudden, I was building a house in Lubbock. I'd bought a lot, met a contractor, and we were planning to build on that lot. Or else they were already framing it. And I went there and I thought, wait a minute. I was going to plan to build in Canyon. It's sort of pretty there. That's south of Amarillo, Texas. And it has a little ravine and a canyon. And it was prettier than most places I'd been in Texas. 
and I thought, well, that really suited me there quite well. But then I was building in Lubbock. What happened? Well, I had met a person who installs sound equipment. I went there and looked at lots in Lubbock, and nothing much was interesting to me. Lubbock is totally flat, as is Clovis, and unattractive. And I've lived in that kind of country many, many years. The dirt blows. It's not appealing at all. But I found a lot for $30,000. There's nothing to brag about, speak about, or be interested in. But I thought, well, with landscaping and a fountain, I could put that in the backyard, and that wouldn't be too bad to live in Lubbock. They have a major university there and would have a school of music, and I could go hear concerts and meet people and do things like that in Lubbock. So we continued to try to sell that property in Clovis. And in a few weeks, it sold for $227,000, which I could put into the property in Lubbock. And I had 40000 in cash from the rental property, which I'd never spent any money from that rental. And it just accumulated. So... 227000 and 40000 Talked to the contractor, told him how much money I had. He began building the house on the lot that I'd already purchased in Lubbock. I lived there, I think it was 19 years. And then God showed me the time was coming very soon that I would not be able to live alone as I had been doing in the past. I was 80 or 81 at that time. I was about 45 when I moved to Clovis. I knew something was going to happen to cause me to have to move from Lubbock. I fell and broke a hip. That was the second time I'd broken the same hip. The ambulance workers put me on a gurney, rolled me out of the front door, past the front door of the house in Lubbock, and I heard from God, you'll never see this house again. That did not disturb me. By that time, I've had enough experience with God from 1975 to 2018, when I fell, I'd had enough experience to really have faith. I knew God was going to work it out some way. I didn't know how, but some way he's going to work it out. Within a few weeks, I don't know how this happened, God often just plants in your heart something without your knowing and it's even there the night before surgery one of our church people was in my room at the hospital a nurse came in and she said we can't operate on you until you sign this paper telling us 
who will be in charge of you in case you can't answer medical questions for yourself. And I spoke without thinking at all and said, Pam Paget's in charge of me. The woman in the hospital room was shocked. She said, well, how can Pam be in charge of you? She doesn't even live here. She's in Colorado, 450 miles from here. How can she be in charge of you? I said, well, I don't know how she can be, but she is. The woman called Pam and told her, I said she was in charge of me. Pam says, okay. I didn't ask Pam, will you be in charge of me? I just told the nurse, Pam's in charge of me. God must have put it in my heart. At the time I told Pam this, she owned a house. She didn't have any debt because she had been listening to the messages that I spoke as well as what God spoke. She was out of debt. She owned her house in Colorado Springs. It was on a golf course and had a third of an acre of land the house was sitting on. On a golf course in North Colorado Springs. Totally paid for. And she was in the process in January 2019 while I was in the hospital in Lubbock with a broken hip. She was finishing remodeling her house to put a bedroom downstairs where a library had been and to build a full bath where her half bath was making it possible for a person to live in her two-story house downstairs. She had no bedrooms downstairs. But it came into her heart to build a bedroom downstairs, convert it into a bedroom, and build a full bath where the half bath had been. She finished it in January 2019, I moved into her house in February 2019. She didn't want to take any money from me to live there. She was a true believer in God, had demonstrated many times that she had the kind of faith in God that I have. She was a little concerned at first before I moved there. She said to God, but I've lived by myself for so many years. How can this work to have another person living in my house? And that's just part of the story. I couldn't walk. I could take a few steps with a walker. And I was 81, I think, at that time. This is an amazing story. Who would take in somebody who's 81 and cannot walk? She prayed, and by faith in God, she felt she was to do this. She was a little concerned about the fact that she had two large dogs, and she said to God, but what if she doesn't like the dogs? Well, I really love animals. And I had one cat. I still have one cat. 
she came down by airplane 450 miles four times or five times to supervise my moving from one hospital to the other. She found a suitable temporary rehab hospital for me and moved me out of one that had not been suitable over the Christmas holidays. (laughs) She did all this over Christmas holidays. Incredible story. God says that he will go before us and make the crooked places straight. That's a scripture, I think, in Isaiah, maybe. And he certainly did that. Everything fell into place. I moved to Pam's house February 24th, flying from the rehab hospital directly from Lubbock to Denver. We drove from Denver to Colorado Springs, got to Pam's house. I could barely walk a little bit with a walker. I couldn't get in the house. I couldn't negotiate the steps. I knew I couldn't come through the front door. And there were some rather high steps in the garage at that time. I can't remember how we got me into the house, but somehow we did. Rather soon after that, we contacted a company and had a ramp built into the garage where Pam could roll a wheelchair to the car as needed. For I still couldn't walk very much. I'm in much better condition today than I was at that time. I'm recording this in November 2023. And I'm 86 years old now. I'm in better condition now than I was when I moved to Colorado. So I had the house in Texas up for sale. Pam didn't want to take any money for rent, but I insisted on paying her $500 a month to help with expenses. When the house in Texas sold in 2020, I had $308,000. I paid various people extra money who had helped me. My cleaning woman, who had been with me eight or nine years, I paid $1,000, I think, or gave her $1,000. My contractor rented a U-Haul truck and moved my stuff that I wanted to keep from Lubbock to Colorado Springs, 450 miles. He charged me $1,500 to do that. He personally drove the truck with my things. And when the house sold, I gave him $5,000. For I knew he hadn't done anything but break even with $1,500. I sent $1,000 to a man, a realtor, in 
Clovis, who had helped me as we were working through the house. I repaid Pam for all the transportation and expenses for those airplane flights from Denver to Lubbock to Denver. I paid those expenses and any other expenses I could think of that she had incurred. And after paying everything, I had left from the sale of the house almost $300,000 and no expenses now that I didn't have the property to keep up in Texas. So I put it into MMDGAs in Colorado Springs at the bank and just let it sit there. At one point, I had a dream about buying a car, and I bought a car with that money. It was something like 58000 God had given me a dream the night before I bought a car that I bought a car. It was a Buick in the dream, but I made a mistake in not asking my dad about cars. And actually, I bought the wrong car. Paid cash for it from the sale of the house money. That still left a considerable amount in the two MMDAs. And we had only six people left from the radio audience that were contributors to the ministry. Though over a million downloaded the blog, and by then we started a podcast And I can't remember, I think about 80,000 downloads came rather soon on the podcast within a year. And we had books published with Amazon, close to 50 books with Amazon. I had basically no income, but I had no expenses after moving into Pam's house except for the $500 a month, which I refused to live there without paying her something to help with upkeep of that house. As soon as the house sold in Texas, I began giving Pam $1,000 a month, which is much more reasonable. She didn't want to take it. I insisted. By that time, which was 2020, God showed me all this money I had in the two CDs came because he had worked out those building projects. It wasn't from offerings. It was from building projects because one project ended up giving me $40,000 to put into the Lubbock project, which the Clovis project then sold on the golf course for over $100,000 more than I'd paid to build it. I paid $100,000 to build it, and it sold for $227,000. And I put that into the project in Lubbock to build the house in Lubbock with the $40,000 and with some more money. And that house sold for $308,000, which was almost all of it put into the MMDAs 
in Colorado Springs. So at the age of 86, I had all that money and no expenses. I had prayed not to have to go to assisted living, old folks home. I'd prayed not to go, and I don't think I'll have to go. I live in Pam's house in Colorado Springs. It's very quiet here. It's on a third of an acre of land on a golf course, which had been closed and is now just open landscape. I never hear noise from the neighbors. I don't even hear noise from the street in front of the house. It's the quietest place I've ever lived. I get to live with another person who has faith like I have. And I had all this money in the bank. God had worked it out starting in 1984 with the building of those two apartments in Clovis, New Mexico, which were on a trailer park which my parents owned. It was all being worked out by God starting at that time to increase money, which I would have in my old age at 86. And God showed me to look for a car that had air suspension so I could ride in that car without pain. We sold the MDX car, I think it's called, Acura. We sold it to the Lincoln dealer in Colorado Springs. The only car that I rode in that had the kind of air suspension that did not cause me pain was a Mercedes S-Class, which cost $117,000. I took part of the money from one MDA and bought that car. It's an incredible story. I didn't follow after money. I never followed after money. After I was born again, I followed after Scripture. And the money came as a byproduct without my even thinking about it, without even knowing. I just was following Scriptures and doing by faith what I believed God showed me to do. There really aren't many people who can live by faith. I attended a faith church for about five years. The teacher of our Sunday school class said, we all talk about faith. Joan Boney lives it. To me, the Bible, the Word of God was everything. The scriptures were everything. And when the Holy Spirit would remind me of a scripture, I zeroed in on that scripture much like a dog with a bone, and I wouldn't let go of it. I just kept that scripture before me day and night, reading it in the morning, reading it at night, 
Sometimes I put scripture on tape and listen to the scripture as I fell asleep. I've done that. But I I don't know. That scripture was everything. And then there would be another scripture, and it was everything. And I do the same thing, just keeping it before me day and night until I had the power of God in me to do that scripture and to continue doing that scripture. Now, what is that I'm doing? Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, the word of God, the scriptures, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. God had told me to get out of debt and stay out of debt. That was back in 1975. I started that immediately, and by 1976 was out of debt, and I was never in debt again. I took out no mortgages to buy houses or build houses. I paid cash, or I didn't do it until I had the money to pay cash. I didn't buy cars without having the money. I did not charge anything that I could not pay for at the end of the month because God had led me to get out of debt and stay out of debt, and I lived that way the rest of my life from 1975 on to the present time. It was a guideline for me. Don't do this project if you have to go in debt. And I didn't. This book of the law, the scriptures, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success, And I can testify I have had good success as I have followed one by one scriptures. Not money, scriptures. Not what is wise in the eyes of another human, scriptures. That's the focal point. And that is the testimony I know God wants you to hear. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.